us today. Thank you so much for having me too. I'm so honored to be here with you. Of course. Likewise, I'm more honored, honey. We can have a competition, but yeah. we don't have an hour. So <laughs> we'll pick this up later. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I know you a little bit, but not for too long. But I definitely feel like I've known you so much longer than actually the time that we have met in this dimension. Absolutely. (laughs) But uh, please tell us a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and I'm so grateful to know the two of you. Amazing, amazing goddesses in this magical country I didn't know existed a year and a half ago called Estonia. A little bit about myself. I'm I'm from the States. Um, I grew up in New York mostly, but I've lived in five countries, including Estonia. Um, I I deeply value human connection, and I'm very curious about human connection and, and uh, interpersonal dynamics. So I, I have a degree in psychology, and it's just like my passion, curiosity, um, is just kind of people. And mm-hmm. uh, I had a really... I don't know, I guess rough is relative, but I had a difficult childhood that led to a lot of um, trauma and I guess difficulty having uh, successful relationships and productive outcomes. Uh, And so I've dedicated a lot of time to try and figure out where that comes from and how to improve it so that I could have a good life and have good relationships. And I'm still on that path, but... um, yeah, I've, I've, I've lived a few different lives. I, I modeled for many years and did the whole like, you know, champagne red carpets and like private jets thing. I lived in the mountains of Peru by myself with like nothing and did um, plant medicine and like caves and all kinds of weird places for many years. And I, I worked corporate jobs and sales, you know, just like making million dollar sales and all this stuff. And, and, um, all that being said, I'm still trying to find my place, but I, at this point, feel like while I'm doing that, I can offer something to the world, and that's what I'm trying to consolidate at this point. What's something you have recently learned or something new you have discovered? You know, I guess it's like one of those things that, you know those things that you know, but yet you don't necessarily implement it in your life. Like for example, love yourself, right? Mm -hmm. We all know we're supposed to love ourselves. How many times have we not done that knowing, you know, that we should. And so um, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I've, 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 I'm still trying to learn is that home is in my heart because I keep kind of like searching for like a certain place or, or, or a certain community. And, um, I have ended up building a lot of communities in like a lot of different countries, which is really cool because I have friends all over the world, but just trying to find something that already exists in me and trying to not just know that, but live that is, is something that I'm, 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 I'm still working on, I guess. I can so relate to this because, yeah, yeah because I have, I have lived in, I, I, ha- I never counted actually, but like in several countries, yeah. yeah, in the UK, in the States, in Italy. And, you know, like at some point you come to this realization that you are home for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you will never find home somewhere else or in other countries. Like, but <laughs> if you have home in yourself, you can be yeah. wherever because... Yeah it's always with us actually yeah. like it's such a good point mm-hmm. yeah it's something that i know and it's also something that i forget 
yeah so it's it's somewhere in between mm-hmm. yeah i i think it's something maybe that you can't like magically have it's just at some point like doing the conscious work at some mm-hmm. point you just it happens yeah. but it's not like you can just yeah. i wish this to be yeah. like that and i just gonna make my fingers snap and exactly. it's gonna be like that that yeah. that's not how <laughs> yeah vision uh learned something vision uh for anybody who doesn't know is the ceo of mind valley and he learned something from michael beckwith who everybody mm-hmm. knows from the secret he's just amazing and he talks about learning through wisdom and learning through suffering mm-hmm. and i'm just like <laughs> i have learned a lot mostly through suffering and I think uh, one of the things that I'm trying to transform is how to learn from insight and wisdom instead of just, it's okay to make mistakes, but just learning from mistakes and learning from suffering. So trying to make that shift while still learning, the end result is great, but maybe it's not so necessary to uh, suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how come you're in Estonia now? What brought you here? It's, uh, it's, it's quite an unexpected story for me because I... I moved to Peru twice. It's, it's kind of been like my magic land where I've wanted to settle down and I tried twice and I wasn't able to twice, <laughs> which really was a tough pill to swallow. But um, last year when COVID hit, I had moved, well, before COVID hit, I had moved the year before last year to Peru. I had moved the Sacred Valley of Peru, which is like the Andes Mountains, really high elevation, just absolutely beautiful, magical, spiritual place. And uh, I had moved all my stuff. I mean, I had kitchen stuff. I took with me like a like a juicer. You know how hard mm-hmm. it is to travel with a juicer. Yep. You know, I mean, I was ready to just settle down. <laughs> and then, yeah, the pandemic happened. And like many people around the world, everything just got turned upside down. I didn't have the income and the job that I had and the plans that I had um, of, of getting a home and doing all that. Everything just kind of went down. So I ended up having to fly back to the United States through um, the military, through like the embassy. And I took a 30 hour bus ride through the Andes Mountains, like just like weaving like this, you know, for 30 hours at super high elevation. Sometimes you look over the window. There is no ground right there. And you're just like, go to sleep. sleep." (laughs) But yeah, so I was living there, had to come back to the U.S. All my plans were just dissipated. And I thought, what am I going to do? I can't go back to the corporate life like I've done the corporate thing I've been you know through a lot of the the pain and the toxicity that a lot of people in corporate environments particularly women um, endure and I just couldn't imagine the fluorescent lights and the cubicles and the sexual harassment and just like all this stuff that is pretty rampant and I just was in this kind of state of like I think like victimhood a little bit like what am I gonna do nothing I don't know and I just kind of laid back a little bit and was just flowing and then all of a sudden one of my friends um she's a like playboy cover model but she's a very spiritual person who's an amazing artist and we were talking about ayahuasca and and you know she said you should meet vision and i knew about mind valley since 2012 and i knew who vision was and i was like vision lakiani she's like yeah yeah you guys would have a lot to talk about between the you know he's really into altered states of consciousness and and all this stuff and so i said i would love to meet him So she connected us on Instagram. We had a phone call and he suggested that I apply for a job with Mindvalley. And I thought, I could dig that. I could dig that. This feels Mm -hmm. like an alignment with kind of where I'm at. Um, I would love to do that. And he said, but you'd have to move to Estonia. 
And I was like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> as I'm like Googling, you know, as he's talking to me, what is Estonia? <laughs> like, where is Estonia? And, you know, that's just a testament to the crappy geography uh, in the, the American education. But, you know, I, I, I looked it up a little bit, found out it was a, a progressive, clean place with lots of nature. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, yeah, let's do it. What, what else am I going to do? So I just hopped on a plane and went to a country I'd never heard of for a new job and um that was in january of this year so it's been almost a full year mm. and uh yeah it's been really interesting and i'm so yeah. happy to be here honestly in estonia and yeah it's really interesting like because i've met i think i met you a few months ago mm-hmm. and it really feels like you've been settling in here yeah it really feels like your place I mean, I can count to ten in Estonian. So I and I have an Estonian ID. I have the uh, transportation mm-hmm. card. I feel pretty local. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I. It's it's very hard not to um, enjoy this place, even with the brutal winter. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful, and people are just so nice. And I mean, I've been to South America and Central America, and even Western Europe, and those parts of the world are a little bit more kind of like well known and. I don't know, trendy, I guess you could say in the U.S., but like Eastern Europe, it's like this mystery. Mm-hmm. What is Slovenia? What is Latvia? What is Estonia? <laughs> what is going on there? All we know is mm-hmm. that be- the most beautiful women in the world come from there. <laughs> but aside from that, you know, and so it's been really beautiful to just discover something I didn't even know existed and, and just trying the foods and the music and the midsummer festivals and all the traditions here and meeting people like you. And it's just... It's been great, yeah. Anyways, I'm super glad that life brought you here because I'm I'm so grateful that I met you. I think you're an amazing soul. And this wouldn't happen if you wouldn't be here. Aww. And I'm I'm so glad Thank I have you. a people person like you in my life right now. Thank you so much. But uh I wanna go back to what you said earlier. How come like wh- was there what happened when you were living this lifestyle that you were a model, like you said, champagne, private planes? Mm-hmm. Like, how come you moved away from that? Like, yeah. was there something that was not satisfying yeah. for you? Or yeah, yeah this, this style of mm-hmm. um, living is very, how do you say? Like attractive to attractive many people. Attractive yeah. to many mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So can you describe that period of your life a little bit? Yeah, I think that the thing that's attractive about it is the fact that it's just a whole facade and illusion of success and power and what what people are supposed to want to be, right? Like beauty and champagne, red carpets and all this stuff. But really, Mm -hmm. um, my 20s were, I mean, yes, I did some responsible things like graduate um, college and, you know, work. But at the same time, I was just fully suppressing and numbing my pain um, in any way that I could. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of alcohol, there was a lot of partying, there was a lot of uh, drugs, there was just a lot of numbing and detaching and disassociating Mm. and so it's like on the surface oh my gosh I'm a model and I'm traveling I'm doing all this stuff but really I am shoving my pain down like a suitcase that you're putting your whole body weight on trying to close you know what I mean Mm. just just and of course it wasn't conscious at the moment I wasn't like I'm just gonna numb myself it's just I guess my coping and protection and so um you know, I, I know a lot of women who were very responsible and didn't do any drinking or anything who were just models so that they could become a lawyer and then they stopped. And so th- there's all kinds of people who become models. But, you know, for me, it was just a complete distraction. I mean, my phone was always blowing up. I never had to, like, sit with myself, mm. you know, just so busy, just working and doing all these things. 
And the reason I got out of it was because I got an offer in medical sales, which was a very, very special, hard to get job that is mostly male dominated, um, as opposed to pharmaceutical sales, which is mostly female dominated. And it was just such a good opportunity for me to make six figures um, and not have to worry about, oh, I ate a pizza last night. Oh, I have a pimple on my face, which, by the way, I've been thrown out of a photo shoot for like one pimple, mm, you know, like wow. in front of everybody. Get out. How could you show up like that? You know, so just the thought of being able to have a living without worrying about these variables. Um, I took I took it. So I left modeling and I went into uh, medical sales. And that was very lucrative. I mean, I had more money than I needed. And mm-hmm. I also lived very simply. So I was making a lot of money, not spending a lot of money. And and uh, after five years of doing that, I, I had all this money. And like, mm-hmm. I was so depressed. I was mm-hmm. so depressed, not because of the money, but because I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. But I didn't know that at the time. And I was so confused. Like, this is what people want. I have I have money. I have a great apartment. I have great friends. I'm healthy. Like, why am I not happy, you know? And, of course, fast forward, I, I know why now. But before, it was just like there was this part of me that was screaming at me. But I couldn't hear the words. It just felt like dissatisfaction or like pain or disalignment, you know? And, and I, I was learning through personal growth and things like that. Like, if you don't feel good, something needs to change. So I was like, okay, something needs to change. And so I quit my six-figure job, and then that was the first time I moved to Peru. Quit everything, left everything. People were like, you're quitting this job? Are you insane? Do you know how hard it is to get mm-hmm. into this field? And, um, yeah, I went to go live in the mountains and do ayahuasca. <laughs> so that was my first trip to Peru. I think the part we mentioned – that continuous asking why, why am I feeling like this? Why am I not happy? This is so important. Mm-hmm. Like people, I think sometimes forget to ask about it and yeah. th- they feel the emotions, but they maybe are afraid of the answer and keep yeah. ignoring the question. Yes. So maybe like, what was the turning point for you? You kept yeah. asking why, yeah. but when you found the answer, what was the turning point to a different life? You know, before I tell you exactly what it is, I will define it because I don't want people to think that this is something that they have to do. But I discovered a tool that worked for me. This tool is a bit hardcore, but there are other tools like breath work, yoga. Um, there, there's like so many different ways of, of reaching what I reached with this tool. Now, this tool is ayahuasca, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's a, a psychoactive plant medicine found in the Amazon jungle that's been used for 5,000, at least 5,000 years that we know. And um, it, it just, it, it inspires so much in you. It's everything from trauma release to potentially physical healing, emotional healing, creativity, inspiration, um, all, all kinds of different things. And so when I started doing ayahuasca, uh, which was in Peru, that's when I had like my biggest breakthroughs because I had been to therapy. Um, I hadn't done uh, pharmaceutical drugs for mental health, but I had been therapists, psychologists, counselors. I've My mom stuck me in church for a while. I went to like Jesus camps and I don't know, just tried all these different things and Sometimes things would resonate for a little bit, but then I would always kind of go back to the same the same pattern and fall into the same thinking. And ayahuasca was really the biggest thing that caused the biggest change for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how about what you say today? Like, have you found yourself? Do you still need it? Or what's the relationship right now? 
You know, it's interesting because uh, being being here in Estonia, obviously it's a new country to me. I don't have the same connections that I did in the States. So I went a while without um, without doing it. And I was starting to ask myself, like, do I need it? Because I feel like I do. Mm-hmm. And when you say need something, like ayahuasca is not something anybody would ever do for fun. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, let's do ayahuasca and have a good time. It's not. It's super hard work. Um, and it's not for the faint of heart. But... You know, I I do feel like almost like getting a, I don't know if this is wrong, but like getting a facial every few months or going to the doctor, getting your teeth cleaned, going to the gym every so often, just like anything, breath work, meditation, you don't just do it once or twice, right? Because then, I mean, you're not really going to get the result of anything. So I think in a sense, it's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca is, is like a practice. And some people do it once and they've got everything they need and they're like, I don't ever need to do it again. Mm-hmm. I feel so complete. And for me, you know, it's it's been well over 100 times and I still feel like there's a lot to um, uncover and work through. But mm-hmm. but that really made a huge, huge difference for me because with therapy, with psychology, with, with breath work, with meditation, you, you have the ability to stop and exit. Like, this is too much. I don't want to do anymore. Stop. I don't want to keep going. Like, you can always stop. But when you're doing ayahuasca you can't stop like you can't leave Mm -hmm. you are going to go through this tunnel whether you like it or not whether it's running or crawling or somebody dragging you and so on the other side of that is where I discovered a lot of things about myself and found and found healing and some answers and a way it wasn't a solution but it was a way forward Mm-hmm. you know that i that i didn't see before yeah i think it's it's super important to emphasize that it it doesn't suit to every p- person mm-hmm. that's not Definitely. what we're trying to say here yeah. that's exactly what you said that there's yeah. so many other tools yeah. there are breath work there's meditation yeah. there's even psychology mm-hmm. because it like i have experience i've been to many therapists myself right different two different therapies came mm-hmm. in different times and i think it's exactly where when they had to be there they yeah. were there yeah. so it's not but and another aspect that i want to emphasize is that uh mm, what did you say i lost my thought oh uh, no you said about uh, finding a way that's what i wanted to say that it's so important that I think it's like that with everything, with any therapy or any tools that you're using for Mm self-development. It's not like you go there for solutions. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. It's not like you go there once and your life is magically changed and some magic happens to you. I I think this is like very important point that you use those tools to support you Mm -hmm. and they do show you some way Mm -hmm. but they're not there for solutions Mm -hmm. exactly a hundred percent i mean a hammer is a tool it's not going to build the house for you you have to use it it's it's a tool and Mm -hmm. you know i i ayahuasca is not the only tool also because if i if i do ayahuasca and then i go back to my old terrible habits and start doing the same things that i was doing Mm -hmm. just having done the ayahuasca isn't going to change anything exactly you know it's like it gives you information that you then implement into the world and the real ceremony is life Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in the temple. It's it's like it's like training for a marathon. The training is the ayahuasca. The marathon is life. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, definitely don't advise people to consider it a, as a solution mm-hmm. or even a viable option for a lot of people. It's just inaccessible. It's illegal in most places. It is mm-hmm. dangerous, especially uh, for people who have heart problems or are on certain medications. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's not like oh you're feeling down, go do some ayahuasca. You'll be <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. True. True that. Yeah. I, I love your examples. I just love them. I wish mm-hmm. we would have her <laughs> all the time giving her analogies. That, oh, that's only so I funny. Estonian. I would love to be like a little commentator. <laughs> In a few years, Is maybe. That, yeah. My dear. Yeah. That's yeah. all I would say. My dear. <laughs> oh my God, but that sounds so good. It isn't a no, so it isn't a yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so so definitely a lot of uh, you know like the pharmaceutical ads, not not in any way. Oh my gosh, comparing ayahuasca to pharmaceutical, but you know how they have like the tiny little words at the bottom. If you take this, be careful to blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's similar with with ayahuasca. Don't do this if you have any hard problems mm-hmm. or if you you don't want to break the law or if you you know mm-hmm. whatever. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a serious thing to consider and spend a yeah. lot of time mm-hmm. well like, with ayahuasca i think you you really have to have a calling too it's not mm-hmm. something like you just go and do like you know when it's time that's yeah. what i have experienced well yeah. i don't have so much experience with it yeah. though but some experience is a lot of experience though yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 that was my my desire was to go uh, live in peru and just have like a medicine life mm-hmm. um i didn't necessarily want to lead ceremonies because that's just an enormous responsibility that i don't take lightly and i don't just offer myself for that but i wanted to assist i wanted to be a part of the community i wanted to make that aspect of helping people my life because I have been able to serve in some of the most profound, incredible ways in my life during ceremony, mm. which is amazing because you're on this like super powerful psychoactive drug, but it's also like medicine, not drugs. Sorry, don't call it a drug anybody. But mm. yeah, like it, it's just activates like your true self. It just puts to the side the ego and all this crap and all that's left is like your intuition, your deepest knowing, love. You hear things that aren't, actual sounds you you know what I mean you feel things like it's just such a beautiful way to serve other people in their deepest darkest moments of going through some of their most difficult trauma like even reliving horrific events that they've been through in their life and supporting someone through this as if it's actually happening in a way that you know can affect the rest of their life I mean that that to me felt like what I was what I was meant to do but I I was wrong. I wasn't meant to do that because I had to leave Peru. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But where are you today? Do you know what's your purpose today? Have you found it? You know, this this has been such a tough question that actually the lack of having an answer has caused me in the past to go into such a deep depression. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know there's just so many different kinds of people in this world. There's people who are just happy with their job they can pay their bills that's all they want and they're happy and i'm so glad that there are people like that you Mm -hmm. know and i'm happy that they're happy and then there's you know people who can't fully express their being unless they are aligned with their purpose and until they do that it's like something is off right like you mentioned something about that earlier you Mm -hmm. know you just weren't doing what you were meant to do things which just didn't feel right and it's not anybody's not better than anybody else in any way it's just we have different desires capacities and and i have i have 
cried so much over why am I here? What am I meant to do? I don't want to just work for somebody and sell some things or model something or or push in buttons or something like that can't that just can't be it, you know? And and I think I've been slowly starting to realize and Mind Valley had a huge uh, effect on this because I've been connecting with some great connected with some great coaching certifications and stuff in Mind Valley, but I wanted to do this. That's why I got my psychology degree so many years ago. But I didn't realize at the time that this was my passion. I knew that I was very interested in it, but I always would say, like, I can't possibly be a therapist, you know, because I'm such an empathetic and sensitive person that I I can't imagine sitting across from somebody like you and you telling me some horrific childhood experience that is is unspeakable. And I'm I'm just going to sit here while you're just breaking down and I'm just going to hold my shit and and I just feel like I would cry with mm-hmm. you and then at some point you'd be like it's okay Jeanette. Yeah. You know, like it's okay you know wait who's who's coaching who here? and so I always had this self-doubt like I can't because mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't even handle my own pain how could I handle anybody else's pain how is that even possible and over the years I just held on to that belief that's why I went into modeling I went into medical sales and I went into to all these things but but ayahuasca actually was what showed me that I am strong and capable because the things that I was able to not only work through myself but help other people through it just proved to me like you're not as 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 weak as you think you're stronger like you look at what you just did look at what you just made it through and you have mm-hmm. a smile on your face now like I would have never believed that I could accomplish some of the, those things and come through those dark tunnels unless I actually lived through it. And so I started gaining a little bit of confidence like, oh, man, I'm, I'm strong. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm strong and not not strong like physically, but just emotionally, yeah. you know. And um, and then, of course, these coaching opportunities started popping up. And I don't really know too much about coaching when I graduated from psychology. I just thought it was like psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, mental mm-hmm. health, you know. And none of those things really called out to me. But when I started learning about coaching, like you can teach people how to be positive. You can teach people how to switch their perspective. You can teach people how to grow their business. You can teach people how to build better relationships. And I was like, wow, that that sounds uh, a little bit less heavy, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to take on all that from from everyone. I want to help. But how can I help if I can't hold it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so coaching, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And it's kind of like a bridge between psychology and just being a caring, loving person who wants to help, who offers your shoulder, who's vulnerable, who's lived through a lot. And so I think I am coming to terms with my, my purpose. And that is coaching. I have a few little blocks to work through, but I feel like I've made it over the big hump and I'm starting to realize that it is going in the right direction because I'm I'm gauging my my emotional compass. It feels mm-hmm. right. It feels good. I feel like I'm on the right path. And so um, I think that's my answer. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And, and it's true. I just want to emphasize here that actually coaching is something that I believe every person needs. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt. Like, I have had coaches for the past five years, like... Mm-hmm constantly I believe it has elevated my life so much faster than if I would have done it alone so I do believe in coaching but I I don't want to be biased here because I'm the coach myself (laughs) but I'm actually also 
starting to be become a family therapist. So I do have both sides and I'm a big believer in psychology. And actually these two can and should in many cases Mm -hmm. work side by side. Mm -hmm. They're very, yeah, they're not connected. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And, and, And you're not biased. I mean, you know, I think forget about the pandemic. Like, let's just go back three years before now. Even still, you know, people... People need just someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about your husband or your wife or your mother. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about somebody who doesn't have their opinions, who can mm-hmm. actually actively listen in a way that isn't meant to just fix it or give you advice. Like actually listening to a person is part of the goal of coaching, right? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm going to fix your problems. And you'd be surprised how many people just want to be heard, mm-hmm. just want to be seen, you know? And and yeah, a lot of people need advice and a lot of people need a perspective shift which is simply guiding someone, right? You're not changing them, you're, you're guiding them. And uh, yeah, it is a little bit sad that, you know, it almost seems like mental health tools are available, not, not to everyone, mm-hmm. not to most people, you know? And I think that that is sad because you're right. Everybody should have a coach mm-hmm. and it should be subsidized globally yeah. because what a better world would it be if we could healthily, in, in a constructive way, blow off steam Mm-hmm. and get things off our chest instead of taking it out on our kids, on our spouse, at mm-hmm. our, at, on, on the people that work for us or the people who deliver our mail or our food, you know, because mm-hmm. it's got to go. Some, that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think coaching for me personally, it has been the best tool to have this set time to really check in with myself. Like it just keeps me on track because I'm high on self-development. I'm high on introspective anyways, mm-hmm. but it's still helpful even for me. Like it, it never loses its its place in life. Yeah. Like because we just, and another aspect that I wanted to bring in mm-hmm. is that clearly I have, for example, you two as my best friends in my life and I can come to you and talk to you because, and there's mm-hmm. great advice, but like there's something about having this conversation with someone not close to you someone you don't know even if she says the same thing or he it still works it's magic i don't know what's about it i can't Mm -hmm. put science behind it Mm -hmm. but there's just is something about it yeah. That is advanced communication right there. That, yeah. is, that is not something they teach you in school. <laughs> you know, this is like, this is the kind of thing that people should know, though, you know, mm-hmm. like solutions to how to manage conflict. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just said um, you don't know exactly what it is that makes it so appealing to have an unbiased coach. And I don't mm-hmm. know what it is either, but I think a big part of it is there's nothing at stake mm-hmm. except whatever you're paying the person and maybe you'll have a disagreement and you'll both tell each other to to, to fuck off or something mm-hmm. right <laughs> that's it you're not losing a friend you're not losing a spouse you're not losing mm. you know and so I think it's a little almost safer because you mm-hmm. can really say anything you know they're supposed to be confidential so when you tell a friend they're supposed to be confidential but not in a professional way so there's mm-hmm. also that risk of, of saying too much which I don't know if either of you have overshared and then it's backfired in some way you know Mm. when you thought you could trust somebody so i think it's definitely has happened in life yeah right Mm -hmm. and then you're like i shouldn't tell friends things that they could use against me but then they weren't really friends if they used it against Mm -hmm. me but how would you know in the moment Mm -hmm. so i think it's a little safe with with a therapist or a coach and i also think that there's just less to lose Mm -hmm. you know if you end up somehow i don't know pissing Mm -hmm. them off or offending them or something yeah (laughs) 
are you afraid of getting uh, charged or are you in more in trust with that um you know i i trust my friends um a lot the thing is that a lot of the things well i don't know i guess this is personal and it might not apply to others but a lot of the things that come up for me aren't new things and they're things that my friends have heard and my friends have they've really been there for me and um you know i, I feel like sometimes i don't want to bother them and they always say it doesn't matter you can call me whatever time if you're feeling really bad i love you you can call me anytime but there's just something inside me that doesn't want to bother my friend again about this thing we talked about a few months ago and it's still coming up for me you know and my friend has their life going on they have things going on they have children or they have like you know and and so there's been uh uh the the last really really scary depressive episode that i had uh a while back was was so dark and so scary i couldn't call anybody that i knew i was just because i couldn't tell them what i was thinking because if i did they would freak out you know and and i just didn't want that so the only person that i reached out to was actually my coach at the time and i told her and even though i've known friends for a decade and they, they they're my best friends i've lived with them whatever like I didn't feel comfortable calling my best friend to tell them what I was feeling and, and how scary it was. And my coach, who I had known for just a few months, was the person that I needed. I felt the most comfortable. I know this is her job. I know that she, she you know, is going to hold the space for me. And and that ended up working out. And she 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 helped me through that. But that just goes to show, like, I, I have a lot of friends who could help mm -hmm. me. I couldn't, I just couldn't, couldn't call them. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think... I just wanted to say before, so I think it is intuition, you know, because we, we feel like, and with people, like you said, mm -hmm. there's just like, we just care about each other. Yeah. And and even if we can stay objective, because we are all like adults, we know that you make your own choices. I can hear you out, even though I don't want like this bad relationship, for example, for you, mm -hmm. I'm still going to support you because I know yeah. it's your road. I just want you to open your heart to me and yeah. I'm going to be there to support you no yeah. matter what happens, right? Yeah. But you can feel it. There's like mm -hmm. some intuition because you know that your friends love you. And yeah. there is, first thing is th this, but second thing is like, even when it comes from you, like you are saying, I think it comes also from your own fear of mm -hmm. losing your friends yeah. because there's so much more on stake yeah. because why, why it would be nice that you can call your best friend and mm -hmm. tell them but you yourself can be scared as well yeah it's mm -hmm. scary like what will she think about me yeah. if i really tell her what i'm thinking right mm -hmm. absolutely true and i don't ever want it to get to a point where a friend of mine sees my name on their phone and they're like, oh boy, maybe she's, you know, I don't, mm. I don't have the energy. Like, I just, I don't even want to create that possibility, you know? Mm. I want my friends to be like, oh my gosh, calling me from Estonia. What's up, girl? <laughs> Not like, are you okay? <laughs> you know? And, and so, so yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point that you, that, that you brought up. But, but even though I just want to say here that all your sides are beautiful and I love all of them. Thank I just you. wish oh. you, you, you can share all of them safely, I at least you. with me. I hope you Thank start you. doing it. <laughs> Thank you. I just, even with you, it's like, I know you're just the biggest heart ever. I mean, obviously, right? Like just so, 
so kind but even still i'm like no mm-hmm. she's busy yeah she's got mm-hmm. a lot going on and mm-hmm. i remember the other day we were gonna meet for a tea and she was too busy and obviously if i tell you i'm having a crisis maybe you would rearrange some things mm-hmm. for me but who wants that you know i don't want and you know i do honey yeah yeah because uh, there are people i was at that point myself in mm-hmm. life i know exactly how it feels yeah. but actually there are people who do want to help like yeah. it, it's another sort of power yeah. what you get from being there for people mm-hmm. it, it's a story that like is not letting yourself be completely yeah. free in in this it's just it's i think this part of me that doesn't want to bother people yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's really that's also human you mm-hmm. know and 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 anybody who I would think of calling are people that I love and who love me and they would take my call and they might even fly here or fly Mm -hmm. me home if I needed them or something but it's so weird how powerful it is that mm-hmm. I only want to present myself in a positive light and contribute mm-hmm. something and help somebody and I'll carry something for you and you can get on my back but I don't mm-hmm. want to give you anything to carry mm-hmm. and I don't want to bother you with anything you know and that's a whole other process that I've worked through is you know asking for help um, which which I would I would say I'm, I'm, I'm good at but mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things like mm-hmm. my shadow my dark deep shadow and all this this thing that is the one aspect where i have trouble asking for help like i would call both of you and say hey i'm moving this saturday can you help me move like Mm -hmm. come over and pick up a bunch of boxes and sweat Mm -hmm. your ass off and you know i'll give you Mm -hmm. a mimosa or something but but to ask you to hear me in my deepest sadness and hold me now that Mm -hmm. seems like a huge inconvenience to me for some reason and i and i and i can observe that there is something not in alignment with that perspective right mm-hmm. you mentioned yeah. uh, you're working with your shadow uh like you said before about mm-hmm. modeling like you were suppressing so many emotions and uh, mm-hmm. so many sides of you mm-hmm. when did this work with your shadow begun and and was it like, like a realization that you have this sh- shadow mm-hmm. and how did how did you process it yeah i had started hearing about shadow work before i did ayahuasca but i really didn't take too much time uh, with it because a lot of the things that I attended were like weekend long seminars, like Tony Robbins style kind of thing. Like you can do it. You've got all the control in your life. But, and, you know, they would talk about, you know, the meanings that we give to events and, and, and attachment styles and all this stuff, but didn't really go shadow work is a pretty individual thing in a sense, right? Everybody has different shadows. And so when we're in this like group things, it's 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 hard to do shadow work unless you're one on one or you're in a group of people who have like maybe similar similar things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you know, and I, I hate to sound like a broken record. I feel like if ayahuasca was a company, people would think I was a lobbyist, <laughs> you know. But I'm not, and <laughs> I'm not making any money for this. But it just threw me into hell in a way. And, and don't get me wrong, ayahuasca can be a beautiful, blissful, joyous out of world experience but but there when you have a lot of layers of trauma or pain to work through um it is hard you know and you might get some really joyful blissful times but you're working through like the black tar Mm -hmm. of not only your history but your mother's cellular memory and your ancestors and your society and you know just it's 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 a lot and so I, I remember one ceremony actually specifically where I 
I looked in the mirror and I was wearing all black, which was the last time I ever wore all black to a ceremony. That's a mistake. But I wore all black and I was staring in the mirror and I was angry in that moment. And I looked in the mirror like, who is this ugly, angry, like witch almost? It was just like this dark side of me. And I worked through that for for a few ceremonies. And I remember at one point, I felt like there was an aspect of me that was this like, I, I literally like saw it from like the corner of my eye, this side of me that's almost like this shy, scared, hunched over um, little version of me that's just like guilty and shamed in the corner, doesn't want to be seen. And there was this wise medicine woman who was helping me work through this because I kept resisting and being afraid of this part of me. It was like I was just trying to get it away. Like, mm-hmm. that's not there, you know. I, I, I don't want this. And she helped me understand in the early stages of ayahuasca, this is a part of you. And this side of you that that is is guilty or feels shame or any of those things has a place next to you. And you can invite them into your space. And and it, it was a weird thing I mean, when you hear it like that. But that was a part of myself that I was inviting to the space because that was a part of me that I was rejecting. And so when I said to this, you know, quote unquote, ugly, miserable, guilty, shell, homeless version of myself, and I said, you're welcome here. You have a space and you have a voice. It's like something inside me healed, mm. you know, and, and I and I started to put less often reject and less often resist and deny the parts of myself that are my shadow and so for anybody who isn't fully clear on what your shadow is it's what you don't post on social media Mm -hmm. i'm feeling fat today i'm feeling insecure i I, i'm a loser i'm always going to be alone and this part about me isn't lovable and i'm not good at anything or just it's just anything that basically you wouldn't put on a resume or social media and and making friends with that part creates a pathway to be able to work through that mm-hmm. right so it's not getting rid or eliminating it's just like transmuting right like hey there's a side of me sometimes I can get really insecure um and that's okay wow I think it's it's wow like I, I got chills when mm-hmm. you were talking yeah like, it's really really powerful mm-hmm. I think this really shows the power of like acceptance as well mm-hmm. and accepting yourself accepting your emotions and being mm-hmm. in, tr- in control of yourself mm-hmm. yes i i, mm-hmm. I wanna yeah. I, i think like i i was listening to i was like are you are you getting there or where are you getting with your talk i was like thinking that it's so important when you were saying you saw yourself in the mirror yeah. i was like but you got there it's like yeah. you have to accept that yeah. side mm-hmm. it's like I actually have to admit myself that I only went through this shadow work recently mm-hmm. because this is something yeah, it's been very transformative for me in these later years right now. It was so hard for me to accept my shadow. Mm. But I would say that it's not always so easy to even recognize it mm-hmm. because the, the person that you have become yeah. is like, you think you are this person like you you yourself are living in this illusion that mm-hmm. this is me like you you don't you can't even see your shadow yeah. it's like you you yeah. can't because you are it it's yeah it's, you yeah, are exactly yeah. exactly and then, then comes in the blame like this mm-hmm. is the way i'm, I'm supposed to yeah. be mm-hmm. this is the way i was built mm-hmm. yeah but it's like i, I just want to say that it, it, when people start looking for their shadow mm-hmm. it's not always very obvious to 
see yeah mm-hmm. like it might take so much longer to actually realize what is the part of you that you have been suppressing yeah. for me it's it's definitely anger like mm-hmm. i couldn't accept the part of myself that was angry like i i almost never got angry mm-hmm. none of my friends ever o- almost saw me angry mm-hmm. like never and uh, it took me so long because i was yeah. so sure that i'm just not an angry person yeah. i was like it's just not part of me i i it, anger just doesn't exist inside of me right but was this something that got to you through coaching or was this something you started to learn yourself i think it was a mixture of all, all the different mm-hmm. uh, different tools and different coaches and mentors and, and practices that and i've done yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just thinking if someone is listening to it right now what should what should the person do mm. That's a very good question, dear. But like, yeah. there, th- it's a road. If I start talking now, it would take another <laughs> hour. So, <laughs> I, I'm, we, yeah. we can make another episode on it. Okay. Shadow work episode. Yeah. Comment. Well, I, I, I could actually t- touch on what you were just yeah. saying. Is that you know you were talking about like it took you a while to even identify mm-hmm. and realize this part of yourself. I think um, w- one of the first books that that really taught me about this topic of being the observer was an Eckhart Tolle book. And I think mm-hmm. the first, he, he, he put out the power of now before a new earth. And the power of now was just like, obviously all about presence and stuff, but he really goes into the observer. And so there is this flip that happens, I think, in, in many people's consciousness when the moment they realize they can observe themselves, right? Because there's like, this like I'm living this is my body oh mm-hmm. I'm sad I am depressed mm-hmm. I am guilty I'm a piece of shit whatever right mm-hmm. but then when you start to realize those are thoughts that mm-hmm. isn't you and just because you feel something doesn't mean that that is you and you have to identify with it and then you start to watch yourself like if you sit there and you're like looking for example something that many people I know it's pretty basic but like you look in the mirror and you're like Ugh, I look like shit and then you th- your old version is like i look like shit i am shit your new version is like what a stupid thing to say you know and you say mm-hmm. that to yourself mm-hmm. exactly. like in your head you're like, mm-hmm. you're like i look like shit oh that's ridiculous you look great come on don't mm-hmm. be so hard on yourself and it might sound to some like multiple personality disorder but actually it is you stepping outside of your ego identification and your higher self observing what is happening so sometimes i'm literally full-on depressed i can't get out of bed and i'm observing myself mm-hmm. you know it's like i'm i'm i am depressed in the moment but it's something that is happening it's not me mm-hmm. and it will pass and i'm observing it and i'm and i'm aware versus how i used to be when i was much younger which was just like i am dead mm-hmm. i am depressed i hate my life i should end it you know and now mm-hmm. it's like this is something that's coming through for some reason and it's either going to teach me something or it's going to help me shift something mm-hmm. but i think the key and i by no means i'm an expert on this is the ability to observe your thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and the ability to detach from identifying from things that are not you. Mm -hmm. You know, like people identify with their job, their title, being a parent, being a husband, being rich. All Anything in your life that can be taken away is not who you are. If your whole family, you know, uh, uh, leaves you and goes to another country, 
you're not a father. Well, you're a father, but you're not a husband anymore. Well, what happened to that identity? You lose mm-hmm. your job. You're not this powerful businessman anymore. And and that's why I think so many people fall apart is because they identify with these things that are fleeting, mm-hmm. you know? And so the question is, what can not be taken away from me ever? And that is who you are, you know? So I think that's a, I guess, helpful way to touch the subject of shadow work a little bit but i would say there's a fine line i think we have to make another episode on this because it's gonna take another two hours maybe even we're gonna take over the entire series i think our listeners would be happy because like i'm so entertained by you it's crazy yeah Yeah. but like i I think there's very delicate topics here because um, on on some extent i believe that it's we have to accept all parts of of ourselves Mm -hmm. so yeah not maybe to identify but just to for the sake of clarity mm-hmm. it's like what we spoke mm-hmm. is like even if you are depressed accepting it or seeing it and really yeah accepting it is the right word yeah. is actually helpful not like disassociating from it or escaping from it it's yeah. always helpful to accept it but then if you can be an observer and understand that it will pass mm-hmm. like normally if you're already in the state of accepting it you can normally deal with it a Mm -hmm. bit better so it actually passes like sooner and another aspect is that i feel that it's not like we as people i used to do that we want to identify with like few things it's like this is me Mm -hmm. but what i believe today is that like i'm so many things like it's still me all of those roles all of those emotions all of those things that I do it's all me actually Mm -hmm. but but yeah there's a fine line like I see what you mean with not identifying with that yeah but like on another aspect Mm -hmm. it's also helpful to understand that Mm -hmm. you're not just one thing Mm -hmm. or you're not just a mom or you're not just either a businesswoman or I'm not just a coach I'm like so much more yeah yeah Yeah, exactly many many people think or come to a depressing point in their life that where they feel like they're nothing at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then then you're still are so many things actually Mm -hmm. you are a father you are a son Mm -hmm. you are someone who's been Mm -hmm. who's loved Mm-hmm. So then these uh, identifications are very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what about those people who have nothing? They have no family. They have no job. They have nothing tangible to identify themselves with, you know, by the by the standard of society of, you know, she's somebody's mother or he's the CEO or this and that. If If a person has nothing, who are they? Yeah, that that's what I see. Like, I, I understand exactly where you're going with this. And it's a very deep topic. Yeah. Because at the end, if you take away all the layers, what are we? We are our souls, actually. I am, right? yeah, 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 it is. Like, we are, we are all one. We're part yeah. of the very big, one, enormous yeah. energy, right? But I feel it's it's very spiritual talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it need, that's why I wanted to be a bit more delicate about mm-hmm, this topic mm-hmm. right now. Because, like... Mm, yes i think it needs a little bit of introduction yeah exactly a bit careful handling of course course. (laughs) i understand you totally like i i Mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from i understand what you're saying and eventually i i totally Mm -hmm. agree with you like well this is an exploration i don't have answers for anything i'm not an expert and i'm still 
exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even if we have this knowledge, even if we know these things, we're still living in this earth on this dimension. Yeah. Like we still have to take the best out of what we have here right now. Exactly. Right? We're still here. We're still yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where else we are? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I think we already uh, have been talking for an hour. Maybe we should go to our... <laughs> I cannot Topic. believe an hour has passed. An hour First has of all, passed. Are you uh, serious? But coming to today's topic, which is about relationships and what do women want, want what do men want, what anyone wants from a re- relationship, we have been gathering some questions. And one of the questions was, what do you think is the main difference between men and women? Oh, you know, that's such a loaded question. I think it deserves a preface, which I would specify in, uh, I guess, the words of David Data, the masculine energy and the feminine energy, right? Because nowadays, man and woman doesn't really mean much anymore, I guess. <clears throat> and so I, I would say for a masculine energy in a relationship and a feminine energy, I, I, based on my experience and the limited research that I've done over the years, there, there are some differences in most cases, and it can vary with age, culture, um, a, lot of, a lot of things. But, I mean, I guess the, the bottom line is I don't know. But from my experience, it's, it's, this, it's this path of, for a feminine woman to want to be seen, heard, respected, and admired, but also to be held and supported and to have a masculine and a leading kind of role. And I know that might sound like really traditional, and this is something that me and Lacey have kind of talked about lately, you know, because mm. it's just like, what what do women want and what do men expect and what do women expect? And I, I can't really speak for, for men, honestly, Uh, I haven't studied it enough to speak on their behalf, but as far as me, I just want to personally be seen as an equal, be an equal, but also feel like I am a leaf on an oak tree and that I can blow with the wind and I can flow and I can be my feminine self and I can have my emotions Mm-hmm. And that I am being supported by a, a grounded masculine energy who also has his ebbs and flows and ups and downs. By no means do I expect a man to be perfect. But just I, I think I think women have become so strong and independent, particularly since the 60s, the 1960s, that a lot of the roles have been reversed. And I'm so happy that women can can reach the levels that they are now. But I think a lot of what's been lost has a direct effect on romantic relationships and courtship between Mm -hmm. a masculine energy and a feminine energy. So that's something I am currently navigating and reading and doing courses and talking to people and studying because I want to understand it also, Mm -hmm. including what I want personally. Yeah, I I totally agree. I love this masculine feminine energy that you brought in right now. And I'm a big believer that we have all our humans, we have both sides in us, ourselves. We, me as a woman, I have a feminine energy Mm -hmm. and the masculine energy. But when it comes to a relationship, the question is like, how does this dynamic work? 
Yeah. Like where do I bring out my feminine mm-hmm. and where do I use my masculine? Yeah. And same goes for the for the men. And I I think you put it very nicely how actually as a woman in a relationship dynamic it's it's we want to feel feminine. Mm-hmm. We want to bring out the feminine side. Yeah. Maybe at work we need a bit more the masculine side. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Or maybe sometimes we need masculine also in a relationship. Yeah. But for the dynamics to work better for me personally as well, yeah. I want to be more in my feminine next to my man. Absolutely. So And the masculine is about creating the safety. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are some major turn-offs? Okay. Well, I... I guess again, this is this is personal, but at the same time, I feel like this is something a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. So um, I will share with you some things that came to mind recently that I find as a, a turnoff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these things are related to the four agreements, right? A couple of these things. One of them is just honoring your word. Mm-hmm. Like if someone in general, right? It doesn't have to be a man. Like a man has more responsibility to honor his word. But I'm speaking as a feminine energy about in a relationship. So mm-hmm. if a man says he's going to do something and then he doesn't do it for a non-legitimate reason, that makes me lose trust and faith in, in, in that person. So that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is being uh, defensive or taking things personally when things come up for me. Like if somebody does something that triggers me and I'm trying to uh, share that with them, but then they take it personally, they're not understanding me. They're not helping me work through it and they're not coming to a solution in how in the future we can avoid this, this pitfall. So I think taking things personally is super annoying. And that's something that I used to do really, really bad. And then Mm -hmm. after I read the four agreements, I started working on it and I've gotten a lot better about it. Uh, It happens still, especially with close relationships, but you know, it's something to be aware of. And uh, that's a big turnoff for me. Another big turnoff is um, passiveness in men. Like if I'm with someone and he's not proactive, he's not a doer, he doesn't lead, you know, he, he he's not a concise decision maker. He's always like, I don't know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to watch? What are we going to do? What should we do? What should we move first? It's just like always asking me what to do. That gets a little annoying. And sometimes I'm just like, you decide, you decide, mm-hmm. you know, like so passiveness is, is a little bit, uh, uh, I guess, a turnoff. Um, Lack of self-control is a huge one for me, whether it comes to a man's temper or substances or sex or whatever. Like if a man doesn't have a person, right? I hate to say man, but I'm speaking as a feminine woman. If a man doesn't have control over his temptations, his impulses, his his desires, his temper, that's a huge turnoff because I want a strong masculine man who can protect me, but I don't want some guy who's going to get into a fight at a bar because some guy looked at me. You know what I mean? And I don't want some guy who I have to help carry home because he's drinking too much. And um, I don't want some guy who has a hard time keeping his um, private thing in his pants <laughs> because there's just temptation around you know mm-hmm. I think that's so unevolved and it's mm-hmm. a super super turn off yeah so that's the short list I, I just listened to you I'm like you have such a amazing glorious feminine energy girl oh, thank you. it's amazing you're oh. coming from a 
deep deep feminine mm. place right now like real vulnerable things you shared here you. It, it's beautiful it's Thank beautiful you. and all the things you mentioned actually if you turn it around it is like you just want to feel safe yeah mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and trust completely yeah. mm-hmm. 100% reliability that, mm-hmm. groundedness mm-hmm. hold the space mm-hmm. so, so beautiful be the oak tree yeah <laughs> Yeah. So I can just fly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be at ease. But yeah. that's what men want, actually, in women. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an interesting thing. Uh, well, you know, we won't go too off topic, but there's something I've been experimenting and exploring, which is what are the things in a person that you can change that that involve growth, and what are the things that are inherent in a person, their values that you can't change? Because mm-hmm. you know they say in relationships you shouldn't meet someone and make them a project and want to change them. Mm-hmm. But then of course you want to grow, you want to evolve, you want to be better. So where's the line between wanting to change somebody and just simply wanting to grow together? Mm-hmm. You know, and that little gray area is something mm-hmm. I'm exploring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So interesting. I would love to ask another question on this topic, but let's go on to oh, the turn-ons. Oh, you got me so curious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. yeah, turn-ons. Um, I would say the embodiment of a conscious alpha, right? Because conscious is one thing and alpha is another. Alpha can be a guy who is like, make me a sandwich and get in the kitchen, you know? Or he can be some guy who's just always getting in fights. He's the big, scary strong guy Mm -hmm. that is not the the bad boy exactly Mm -hmm. right just like a ticking time bomb perhaps and nobody wants a tasmanian devil in their living room right Mm. um (laughs) so so the conscious alpha is just like this man who has power but he doesn't use it um uh, meaninglessly right it's like the definition between power and force which there's a really great book called power versus force Mm -hmm. and you know just think about it force is i'm pushing you and power is i'm influencing you to to move without force and so i think a powerful man who's a conscious alpha he is strong but he's gentle he can pick up a, a a little delicate thing you know but he could also crush it but he knows his power So conscious alpha to me is just such a turn on. And I know it's a bit of a dichotomy in a sense because you've got the bad boy and then you've got the nice guy. I'm talking about like the hybrid, which I've I've met hybrids Mm -hmm. like they exist. Yeah, Yeah, they do. And I I think I just I just finished recently a course on feminine masculine energies and Lorin puts it so beautifully. He says, I'm not sure I'm quoting him exactly right now, but but the point is that we actually want men to lead, right? Mm-hmm. And men are supposed to be powerful mm-hmm. and step stay in their power, mm-hmm. but not to dominate. Yes. Like mm-hmm. you use your power, but you use your power to provide yes. safety, to provide the commerce, to exactly. to to use the power for care actually even yeah but not to dominate exactly. conscious power yeah. and uh, the power can come from a very good place yeah. if it comes from a place of dominance and yeah. wanting to dominate whatever right. situation or person then it comes from your shadow and that's yeah. not what you are yeah describing. exactly yeah. and unfortunately that's the origin of a lot of abuse and suffering mm-hmm. in the world exactly. is the force that these strong men who might be alphas but they're not conscious alphas mm-hmm. they're using and so yeah that's that's a turn off 
<laughs> but yeah, the conscious alpha is a big turn on for me. Um, mm-hmm. Leadership, you know, I think I alluded to that already. That's the opposite of passiveness. It's mm-hmm. the doer. It's the man who takes chances, the man of action. You know, I think that's really sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, not like, you know, go buy a house and don't tell me. That's not what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? I'm saying like the door's broken. You see it's broken. Fix it. You see there's trash. Do it. You see that I'm sad. Come ask me if I'm okay. Like, Take the chance and hold, you know, just just don't wait for the invitation. Only. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is uh, just the, the entire definition of integrity is such a turn on. Like I said earlier, my turn off is a man who can't commit to his word, a man who sticks by his word, a man who works with honesty, who, you know, is going to a bachelor party with strippers. But, you know, he has integrity. You're not worried, mm-hmm. you know, um, a man who has integrity at his job. He has integrity when he speaks to a waiter at a restaurant. He has integrity if he if the cashier gave him too much money at the register. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just doing the honorable thing, assuming that karma is real, even when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when it comes to your partner. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. Another huge turn on for me is when a man protects your honor. So like if anybody says anything about you or treats you in a way that's not very nice, not that he's like, "Hey man, don't talk to my woman like that." <laughs> but he's but but in a way there is some sort of protection whether it's just a kind way of refuting what the other person said. Um you don't have to be aggressive or violent or angry to to protect your woman's honor necessarily, you know, but just someone who you know, sticks up for you, you mm-hmm. know, and when when you're there or when you're not there, I think that's your so hot. That, that really is hot to the point where if a man doesn't do that for me in a situation, I might, that might be so bad mm-hmm. that it's yeah hard to move from that. But um, the desire to learn and grow is huge. Like I've met people who are like, I don't, I don't need to read books. I don't need to do courses. I don't need to do ayahuasca. I'm fine. Like I'm good. Okay, good for you. I'm happy that you're happy, but that's not what I want. I, I, there is no arrival to to evolution. It's a constant process, maybe mm-hmm. till the day we die. And so a man who is constantly trying to be better, grow, learn, grow his business, become more emotionally available, have a better relationship with his mother, you know, whatever it is, like, I think that's so sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love an open mind. I love patient men. Uh, if If a guy loses his temper, if I'm, you know, moody, it's like, it's really annoying because I, I used to think that I'm supposed to just be happy and good all the time. But the truth is I'm not. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm in physical pain. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it an excuse for being a woman. But as a woman, we're just more emotional and sensitive. And society has taught us it's okay to express all those emotions, unlike men. And I think that sucks for men. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And so for a man to be patient with that hold space, going back to not taking things personally, mm-hmm. I think that's so hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like I... I I love it when I, okay, I don't love this, but I love when you say something rude or mean to your partner and they're so grounded, they don't react. Mm -hmm. And then as the conscious female, I come back and I say, I'm sorry Mm -hmm. for talking to you the way that I did before. Mm -hmm. I was just really moody and I love you and let's have sex, whatever, you know, like. (laughs) Wow, girl, I'm just getting turned on myself just (laughs) hearing you. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Let's end this and go have some wine. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, I just, I I find that so hot because it's not that, yeah, of course I'd love to be perfect and never be triggered and never be emotionally unstable. But at least to have the space where the man is grounded and I can reflect, learn, and come back 
and be accountable for myself and apologize. And then if that doesn't happen, then the guy can be like, you know, yesterday you were a little rude with me and, you know, whatever. Fine. Mm -hmm. You can bring that up. But just giving Mm -hmm. me the space to learn. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, Sexual IQ. Okay. Mm -hmm. Need I say more? Okay. The podcast is over. Bye. No. (laughs) Sexual (laughs) IQ. Like men have penises, women have vaginas. The penis goes in the vagina. That is not the end of the story. Okay, there is so much. Oh, it's not more. Damn it! Oh my god! It's yeah. like you know, in 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 uh, the five love languages, there's this one story about this woman who, you know, doesn't feel loved by her husband, and her husband doesn't feel loved by her, and he's mad because he wants to make love to her at night, and she's mad because he wants to make love to her at night, but he doesn't give her any affection during the day. He doesn't. There is no intimacy. It's like he just goes about his life and then he just wants to come on in and have sex. And she's like, no, even though she wants sex, too. Mm-hmm. She wants intimacy. And so just just those like planting the seeds mm-hmm. throughout, not just the day, but the days, the weeks. You know, it's like I'm not even expecting sex, but I just want to make out with you because you're so beautiful. And I hope you have a great day. Or I saw that you needed to, to get your inspection in your car. So I did it for you. That is sexy. That mm. will make me horny. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just these like planting the little seeds and a little touch and just doing these kind things. That is what gets the nighttime oven hot and ready, mm. not just blasting in it like, you know. Anyway. What's so, your love language? Oh my gosh. Acts of service, I think, mm-hmm. is my biggest one. Yes. Quality time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quality time and, um, Uh, physical touch and then words of affirmation and then Mm -hmm. gifts Mm -hmm. (laughs) the thing I love about gifts is the thoughtfulness like just knowing someone was thinking about me Mm -hmm. I really love that and the acts of service is a big thing for Mm me you know and it's like reading this book like I want to figure out we won't go into it now but like Mm -hmm. why why is it a big thing for me where does that come from you know and it's just Mm -hmm. like layers and layers Mm -hmm. but uh, what's your love language is I just tell me for me it has changed it's it's funny you brought it up because we were just filming yeah. a podcast yesterday talking and about the same yeah, topic yeah the same topic wow. came up yeah and i already mentioned it but like for me it has changed over years like tremendously i used to have touch as like one of the last ones but recently for a few years touch mm-hmm. is my first one mm-hmm. touch and then quality time is the second yeah mm-hmm. yeah for me, it's definitely words of affirmation and quality time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I've noticed that my partner has the same love languages. So we're feeding each other the same type of energy. Oh God, that's Telling so each other beautiful. Yeah. Thing. Yes, mm-hmm. you're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that is like winning the lottery in a sense. Because yeah. <laughs> trying to speak somebody else's love language while having yeah. your own is like learning another yeah. language. Yeah, you know? it is. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. The other day, my partner, uh, I had a chair, an office chair delivered and he went and picked it up and put the box downstairs and I just left it there because I was like, I can't deal with that box right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to look at that box. And then later on, he just brought me the chair. He put it together. I didn't even ask him. Mm. And that was just like, oh my God, thank you so, so yeah. much. Like that was, that was sexy. That was a turn on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the thought mm. of putting together a chair, I'm sorry to sound like whatever, but it sounds like shit to me. I would rather clean a toilet. I would rather plow the street from the <laughs> snow like I just don't want to you know yeah. so those little things yeah mm-hmm. learning someone's love languages can get you what you want yeah Sex. Anyway. <laughs> um, any other turn-ons yeah let's see I think that was pretty much it being mm. emotionally available was a big mm-hmm. one for me mm-hmm. um 
for obvious reasons, I don't even think we need to go into that, right? Because mm-hmm. especially a lot of like alpha, more masculine men, it's like some of the traits that we want the more, more are inversely correlated with some of the other traits we want. So we want a masculine male, but we also want vulnerability and emotional availability, which are feminine traits. So it's... it's For me, I, I have difficulty. I don't have difficulty with it anymore <laughs> because actually uh, nowadays I'm connecting with a lot of men who are extremely masculine mm-hmm. and they have this conscious I would say that they are so much more emotionally vulnerable than any other men I have met before wow. and they are so much more masculine than any other men that I have met before mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say they are the opposites yeah. like actually being emotionally vulnerable and conscious mm-hmm. in your emotions mm-hmm. can, gives you this ability to be present to handle the emotions to hold the space for the feminine yeah. when it's needed and this yeah. what actually makes the masculine masculine mm-hmm. powerful so yeah. i wouldn't say they are the opposites Ooh. but like i see where you you're coming from like yeah th- that's that's the idea like that i yeah. also used to have but mm-hmm. they're they're not yeah i think it's branching off into the regular kind of well-known alpha versus yeah. like the conscious alpha exactly you know? mm-hmm. the guy who's telling you to make a sandwich and get in the kitchen exactly. isn't mm-hmm. going to open his heart to you exactly but if you have a, a conscious alpha mm-hmm. then yeah it is possible to mm-hmm. have both yeah. and that's what we're moving towards in this world it, not yeah. just for men but for women definitely but women have had such a strong movement of personal growth and sisterhood and women's mm-hmm. circles men have been unfortunately behind because of society and conditioning and all the you know men should be this and that but now they're starting not now but like in recent history Mm -hmm. men's circles and all Mm -hmm. these kinds of things where they're being taught is happening so Mm -hmm. it is yeah they they are really leveling up yeah really are i'm very proud of our men yes (laughs) (laughs) yay so moving on to our next question do you think friendship is possible between men and women hundred percent hundred percent i um I have male friends that I've slept with in the same bed that I've lived with that we have never had a sexual encounter. Now, that's not to say that if I told them one day like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about it and I'd like to take things to the next level. I don't know that they would all say no. Like, I Mm -hmm. think maybe some of them would be like, oh, shit, I don't know where that came from. But okay, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not saying that that's not possible, Mm -hmm. that they would maybe somewhere in their mind want more. But I think... You know, it it is absolutely, absolutely possible Mm -hmm. to have really good, good friends of the opposite sex. Yeah. Of course, there are friends who want more than they're telling you and they have ulterior motives. That's always a thing. But absolutely. Yeah. And I think people should have friends of the opposite sex. Of course, if you're in a very controlling, difficult relationship and that's not possible, then I don't know. That's another thing. But I think it's really healthy. And one of the things that is hurt me the most not personally but kind of hurt my my female soul is when I hear women say like and I used to say this when I was much younger like oh I I don't I I don't hang out with women I only have guy friends I don't trust women And this Mm -hmm. is women saying this you know and I'm just like oh that is fucking the result of society right there pitting Mm -hmm. women against each other to believe that we're competing Mm -hmm. for men and that we can't trust each other and that we're petty and all this stuff when Mm -hmm. our power lies within each other Mm -hmm. you know like one of the strongest predictors of a woman living a long healthy life is strong bonds with other women science Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, like oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. It's one of the predictions. Oh, I'm gonna live very long then. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. You're immortal, girl. <laughs> yeah. mm. Okay, the last question we had: Do you think men should make the first move, or mm. who should even make the first move? You know, it's it's not a full. Oh God, I'm I'm so complicated. I should just give you like yes or no answers, but they're never yes or no. <laughs> I I think you know. So okay, Matthew Hussey did a video a few years ago because I used to be one of those women that would be like, if a man doesn't have the guts to come up to me, then he ain't man enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This kind mm-hmm. of attitude. But Matthew Hussey said something, and I realized, holy shit, this guy knows what he's talking about because he's spot on. He said. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the men that will approach you confidently are narcissistic and they're actually not possessing the qualities that you're looking for in a long-term relationship. They they think they're the shit. They don't care if you're in the middle of a workout. They're going to interrupt you because they want your ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that, that, again, is a hyper-masculine trait, right, that women like in the alpha masculine, but it also is correlated with other things like impulse control you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that so matthew hussey was saying that that guy in the gym who's kind of looking at you but not walking over you over to you is actually a guy who's respectful because Mm -hmm. you're working out and he doesn't want to interrupt you so in other words he was inviting the women to give a little bit more signals you know and um ultimately maybe the guy is too shy and that doesn't mean that he's not a viable great partner so my opinion on this has changed a lot Mm -hmm. i like a confident man and i like masculine men but at the same time i I have approached men a few times in my life um I, i don't prefer it so yeah would i want some like narcissistic asshole to come up and talk to me no um but after I saw that video from Matthew Hussey, whenever I would see a cute guy kind of looking at me, I would think, I wouldn't think, oh, he's too shy and weak. He's not man mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see it that way anymore. And then I kind of put a little bit more out there. Maybe I look at him a little bit more. And I've even like left my number like mm-hmm. with them as I'm walking out of a restaurant or something. And um, yeah, just, just exploring that. Great yeah, knowledge. So, Thank you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing your work. Yeah. It's amazing. I love him. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's really awesome. I like mm-hmm. what he has to say. And mm-hmm. Esther Perel. I mean, there's just a lot of people. Thank yeah. you for bringing him up. And thank you for sharing this knowledge. Like, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. It was amazing to talk with you. And as we have understood all, we have many episodes to record now. So if yeah. <laughs> topics came up, we're going to leave in this wait. room and just record mm-hmm. for a few days. I'm going to bring a sleeping bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. But thank you, love, for coming. Thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate you both. Beautiful you. goddesses. Congratulations on all the wonderful events that are unfolding and manifesting in your life. I'm just so happy to be a small part of your big picture. So thank you. Thank you so thank much. You, love. <laughs>